Welcome to Cordell and Cordell's Men's Divorce Podcast, moderated by managing partner and CEO Scott Trout, bringing you information for guys before, during, and after divorce, and everything related to family law. This podcast is not to be taken as legal advice, and no attorney-client relationship is established. Welcome back to the Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout and the CEO and managing partner of Cordell and Cordell. And today is no different. We bring to you information, topics, ideas, things to do, things not to do for guys before, during, and after divorce. And as always, if you need a consultation, go to our website or you can give us a call, 866-DANCE-LAW. As you know, this isn't legal advice. We want to make sure this is informational and educational, just something for you to take to your attorney, someone who practices exclusively in family law like we do. And we're joined by one of the Cordell and Cordell attorneys in Texas. Angela, welcome. Hi, good morning, Scott. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining. And it's so important. I know a a while ago we talked about this in a virtual town hall when we've kind of, in this new era of courts around the country, some courts are still closed, some are modified, some are wide open. And I kind of expect perhaps in the future, courts to utilize technology like WebEx or Zoom like this uh, to engage in maybe informal matters. And there's such an important preparation required. And it's kind of the mystery. You know, we've all, we may be used to FaceTime and selfies and videos, but, you know, this is different. And so great topic to talk about etiquette and what to do to prepare for your virtual hearing, no matter what uh, software you use. So I think for for people out there, take some notes, have a conversation with your attorney about preparation and what you should be expecting because it is mysterious. It's something we don't know what to do or how to act. It's weird. And until you're really comfortable on camera and know the do's and the don'ts, then it's something you need to prepare for. So what is kind of the first thing that people should be thinking about if they're getting ready for uh, a virtual hearing? That's absolutely correct. And uh, the first thing is, you know, like you mentioned, we are all pretty well versed, I would say, with the social media aspect, maybe the FaceTime, Skyping with family, friends aspect. But when you have a virtual setting, whether that's a, a courtroom proceeding or perhaps your mediation event that's going to be conducted virtually, uh, you want to treat it no different than that formal type of proceeding would be in person. And so it is absolutely crucial that you're putting your best foot forward in a virtual way as you would in person. So we're gonna talk about proper etiquette. We're gonna make sure that, first of all, are you equipped? Are you ready to go? Uh, The last thing you wanna do is perhaps, you know, default virtually and be a no-show or encumber the court or your judge or your mediator with having to postpone, have some sort of delay occur just because you weren't ready to go. So um, first thing, is it Zoom? Is it WebEx? Is it going to be uh, Microsoft meetings, groups? Make sure that you double check with your attorney, with your jurisdiction, what they're gonna be using. What's the format? Second, do you have the hardware? Um, Naturally, if you're with one of our offices, uh, we can certainly set you up in a conference room with adequate notice. We can get you the equipment you need. Talk to your attorney. Talk to your family members. Uh, Who has a laptop that is current enough that can support these platforms? Worst case scenario, do you need to use your smartphone? Okay, make sure. Is it compatible? Do you need all of the latest uh, operating software updates? Make sure that you do some test runs so that you don't have any kind of lags 
um, application failures where it suddenly quits on you, et cetera. So yeah. that is absolutely ground zero. for. That's, uh, honestly, I mean, it's a great place to start because uh, as I was mentioning to you off camera, as I was getting ready to kind of put my Zoom up, of course, I get the error that my camera won't work and it won't connect. And so inevitably with, with technology, it's, it's going to fail. And so I had to restart and luckily I was rebooting. I kind of logged on maybe nine or 10 minutes before and, uh, and I was able to get it to go. I was doing a video deposition last, uh, last month and I cut it too close. It was like two or three minutes before. And of course I had to reboot and I, I logged on late and that's kind of the worst case scenario in, you know, judges are derailed by emotion. The last thing you need to do is tick off a judge because their time they, they look at as valuable and here you're late. And so you ended it you know, perfectly by test run, get your computer up and running, do a dry Absolutely. run 20 minutes in advance. Just, you know, have someone call you or join your, your own room and make sure your camera, make sure in back is looking good. I mean, we all know if you haven't seen it, I always laugh at the lawyer who did one and he was a kitty cat. Yeah, the cat filter. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. And I mean, stuff like that, or, you know, we'll get to my, my favorite one and it's, it's crazy and it's real. It was a court hearing where the guy logs on and his screen name was butt blank. And it was a, you know, a bad word. And now the judge is furious. And the guy, I mean, maybe he was trying to be funny, but he looked like he had no clue. So maybe his friends did something dumb and put his username as basically an expletive. And the judge was not happy. That's something you can't afford to do. And so it again, absolutely not. software, hardware, just, I mean, you know, earphones, I mean, everything, you name it, it's got to be really spot on. So that's huge. And uh, you know, if you have questions, you know, ask someone, ask your lawyer. Your lawyers are pretty well versed in using it. And if you're not in that office, then they can walk you through it. And, but again, that's, that's huge advice. So again, quiet. I always get, you know, worried as I'm in my office and we do these podcasts. I right outside my window, I have a busy interstate and at times I can hear traffic and it drives me crazy. So I need to make sure that times I go on mute because I don't want to interrupt the, you know, I don't want someone to hear my background right. noise. That's, that's big as well, isn't it? It is absolutely. And so that's probably, you know, the next most important item and guideline to keep in mind, which is, you know, okay, you have the software, you have your Bluetooth connectivity, you have your good internet connection. Um, where are you going to be fielding this event? And that's making sure you are in a quiet, well-lit room. Uh, it is important that there's good lighting, that you are able to view everyone and that you are perfectly viewable the whole time, but it also needs to be appropriate. Don't go into your bathroom where there's a toilet right there viewable, right? We wanna make sure our background is appropriate. At best, neutral. If you don't have a more professional looking setting in your own home, um, you know, just make sure that there's nothing too crazy going on. Um, you know, the, what I have in my office here is not necessarily ideal. It's backlit, but the blinds are closed. Make sure you don't have busy curtains, things like that, that could really jar your video. Um, and also make sure if you have no other option, you know, maybe your setting is midday and you couldn't get the day off. If you have to field it from your car, do not be driving. Make sure absolutely that you come to yeah. a nice empty park, uh, get in that parking lot and turn off your vehicle. Um, I know, for, you know, firsthand in all of our jurisdictions here, 
if the court is aware that you are currently driving, operating your vehicle in any way, they're going to boot you out of that hearing. Um, you may or may not have something entered against you, but you certainly won't be proceeding uh, until you have come to a stop and put your vehicle in park. So always important, find an appropriate setting. Um, sometimes too, based on the logistics, courts often prefer that, you know, maybe my client wants to uh, have his mediation happen here in our office, no problem at all. But logistically, and for any feedback, audio issues, I'm probably going to keep him in a separate room. That way, you are each visible, because you've got to think about your little portrait, your little snapshot that's going to show up for your mediator or your judge. And it's important that you guys are primary focus within your own screen and can be independently speaking without feedback, without you know, interrupting yeah. each other. Yeah, and as you think about, you know, the quiet, a nice room, good background. I mean, I, what's in the background is important. Yes. You know, I read an article about someone who had a marijuana plant and that it was visible. I mean, just stupid stuff or bottles of alcohol yeah. or empty beer cans. It, it, it should be, again, worst case, I don't care if it's a blank slate in the, on the wall, just something nice and they can see you. But that goes to, you know, I always say, Zoom, act like you're in court. You know, that should be your, you know, that enclosed for what are you wearing, right? And what you look like. That's as equally important, right? That's right. That's right. I mean, we are going to be, you know, video broadcasting to each other. So I understand if, if you know, the running joke is uh, that you've got boxers on or sweatpants on underneath. But think about what the screen's going to capture and make sure that you are still dressed neatly. Now, is it necessary that you be in a full business suit as if we were in court that day? Probably not. But think about it. You want to be able to command respect and be taken seriously. And therefore, at least make sure you have a neat shirt, polo, maybe a jacket, and you are putting your best foot forward. Because it's no different. As we've been saying, that's the guiding principle here. It is still your court event. So you need to treat it with that. Yeah, in my, I, I was just in court. <laughs> yeah, I say in court, right? Via Zoom or WebEx, and uh, I was waiting. The judge and I were online, and uh, the opposing counsel was running late, and we're just waiting, just waiting. And all of a sudden, the opposing counsel pops up, and they are in a robe in their bed, no. and the judge almost lost, almost lost his mind. And, you know, questioning, like, excuse me, you know, one, you're late, two, did we wake you up kind of thing? And it, it's almost, it's a, it's a lack of respect. And no one wants Absolutely. to do this via WebEx. No one is happy to do it. It's because we're annoyed by it because we're not used to it. It's something new and, and I'm a creature of habit. And when I get something thrown at me that I'm not comfortable with, it annoys me. And judges are like that. And they want, and you suggest, act like you're in court. No one's coming to court in a robe or they're kicked out of the courtroom. It's like uh, there are some courts you can't wear a hat, no baseball hats. And it's, it's their rules. And that, that is so important. And let me tell you, that, that moment set the tone for my case. And we wound up getting everything we wanted because the judge was so angry and so annoyed with opposing counsel that everything turned on a dime. It didn't matter what the facts were. It didn't matter what the law was. I was going to win. Right. The poor impression was made. It is. And yeah. it's, I mean, I know, and we say, oh, that's so important. Oh, that's so important. And I think everything you're saying is so critically important because I do have clients say, what should I wear? And, yeah. you know, and for the moment, like, I, I really vary it based upon the facts. And I, you know, it's depends on what the issues are, depends on what the situation, but I'm never going to have you come in in sweats and a t-shirt. It, it just depends. You, you can be overdressed 
and you can be underdressed. And there are situational moments because in my cases, you know, I'm telling a story. Uh, I'm not trying to bend the facts, but I'm taking the facts and, and making them work for me. But it, that's a question your attorney should answer for you. What should I wear? What's most appropriate? And uh, that is huge, but don't have distractions. Don't have a dog in the background. I was, I have all these stories. I was doing the depot and opposing counsel had their darn dog jumping up on the opposing counsel. And it was so distracting for me, giant animal. I, I, I like animals, but I'm like, mm, not the right setting. Or you know, I don't want, you know, it's just, it's weird. Everything's different now. And so we try to create it as much as things were, albeit on camera. So the other thing is, what's annoying is, and I had judges say it, they can hear the, your mail coming in in the background where you, know, you get the audible ding or you get an alert or, or a phone. Like I have my phone back here. I've sometimes forgotten to put it on do not disturb. You don't want it ringing during court. 1000%. Um, you know, and this is all part of the theme of we are in court. You are truly in court. So would you, uh, you know, be smacking gum while you're sitting there waiting to testify in your actual courtroom? Absolutely not. Would your dog be anywhere nearby? Absolutely not. Um, part of these things is to make sure that we are keeping to our quiet and uh, isolated, well-lit setting, right? We wanna make sure we're muting everything. If there are dogs, you know, put them outside for that couple hours. Make sure that you've got someone else that can keep them sequestered for the time that you're going to be present in court. Um, no snacking, you know, you, you'll have a chance. Um, no sounds, everything that you would normally mute on your phone, on your body, obviously do that, but take the extra step. What other applications might be running on my computer? Um, you know, we spoke about using the laptop, making sure if you can, best case scenario, don't run anything else. It'll slow your equipment down um, and it, it will possibly distract you. But let's say we're doing something somewhat unique. Maybe it's more of an informal conference or status hearing. Maybe you're at your mediation. You need to be able to pull up other information and even share your screen, mute everything. Part of that, getting your application ready, doing the test run, Make sure you know, where are the options here? Where are the settings here to mute everything to make sure that nothing is going to interrupt? Um, one of the you know, stories that I've got is uh, also goes to the point of making sure you understand how the video and audio may function independently. I've had several mediations where, you know, I've had clients do this and we've talked about it, but definitely I've had opposing counsels do this. Maybe you mute your video, you turn off your video and you forget to mute your mic. Well, guess what? Everyone's hearing everything that you may not even think is being shared. Yeah. And what's even more important, if it's something similar to Zoom, you're going to have that speaker focus. So people are going to know it's you because your window, video feed or not, is going to take over. So it's always important. Understand the software. Mute what you can. Keep it quiet. No other distractions. This is all to help you and ensure that you're going to have the most successful proceeding you can. Yeah, I, I, again, I had a opposing uh, counsel whose Wi-Fi was really unstable. They had so many applications running in the background, it was just jittery, and the judge got so annoyed. Again, I know these seems like little things and we're nitpicking, but the point is, is that it is about appearance and preparation, and the judges, they are derailed by everything, and you've got to just be not perfect, but everything needs to work. All of these four things we've gone through, they're so critically important because what you want to get across is the facts and the law. You don't want anything else to distract you. And 
which brings up the last thing is don't have anyone else in the room, right? Because I was thinking of this case. I don't know if you saw it. This guy was pro se, represented himself. And it was, I want to say like an adult abuse order. And the judge began to think, where is he? And it turned out he was in another room of the same house of the, against the victim who was trying to get an order of protection. And he had him actually turn the camera around and the room so the judge could see one who's in there and two, where are you? And so you have to be aware of kind of where you are and who should be there and who shouldn't be there, right? Absolutely. And I did see that. And that was, that was shocking, mm-hmm. very shocking. And, um, you know, best outcome that did happen was obviously it was uh, maintained and, and they, you know, sent the proper authorities out to their location right away. But absolutely. If there is someone that is supposed to be testifying later in your proceeding, maybe it's a new spouse, uh, maybe it's a teenage child, do not have them with you, please. There is a rule locally here that we can invoke, uh, we as an attorneys, where we seek to exclude physically from the courtroom during testimony any other witnesses because the whole point is that you're not tainting anyone's evidence, anyone's testimony by having them overhear it, change their stories, influence anybody. And so you are absolutely entitled at all times. And if you have your attorney on your case, confer with your attorney about it. You're entitled to ask who's with you. If someone's there that there shouldn't be, if there's anyone there to feed them information, uh, influence them in any way, get them out. Have the court made aware so that it can be addressed at that time. Um, similarly, if someone keeps looking down at a notepad, you know, while they're mm-hmm. testifying, or if you see, you know, something, oh, I keep, I got stuff taped back to the wall, ask. What are you referring to? What are these notes? Is there something that hasn't been admitted into evidence? Is there something that's improper there and they're reading off script? Because all of these things would be prohibited in your regular courtroom and they should be and they should be addressed as well in your virtual. Yeah, I've done it in, in before COVID in, in court, in person, where someone brought up what I thought was a blank notepad, but behind it were a bunch of notes. And every time I'd ask a question, uh, they were referring and reading. And I'm like, what are you, what are you looking at? And are you using that in your testimony? And they said, well, yeah, I'm referring to notes. I said, well, I want to see it. Of course, there's an objection, but the judge is like, no, it's overruled. I'm going to let you see what they're referring to as they, you know, their answer. And so that is something, it's so big and it's important. You can have, you know, blank uh, notebook or a, uh, a legal pad and take notes of the trial, but yeah, be careful. Don't put anything on the walls. I've always wondered, you know, yeah. is there a notes above eye level at the camera looks like your uh, not, you know, you're staring at the camera, but you're actually reading something or there's someone behind you, you know, saying don't answer. Uh, so uh, that's so huge. I think all of these are so, uh, so important and, and it's so new and it's so unique and so uncomfortable. Uh, but practice, I even do a dry run with your attorney. I've done that. I did that in a trial prep. I had my, uh, my client, we did one from their home and started asking them questions just so I could critique how they looked, what they did. So I think that's important and those are good takeaways. So Angela, thanks for joining. Great stuff as always for people uh, going through this. Appreciate it. Absolutely, I was happy to help. And uh, you know, this is a very new dynamic uh, kind of subsection of our practice and everyone can benefit from just taking the extra time to make sure that these steps are all followed because you know, we wanna control and, and um, swing out of the park all these little things that are absolutely subject to our control.
Yep. Well, great. Well, go to the website, CordellCordell.com. Go to our YouTube channel. Uh, you'll find information just like this. And more importantly, subscribe to the podcast over on iTunes. You're going to get updated every time we drop one, twice every week. We'll bring you information just like this. And if you need a consultation, 866-DADS-LAW. Go to the web, CordellCordell.com. We have offices, uh, 39 states, including the United Kingdom, with about 100 offices around the country. So anywhere you are, we're likely where you are as well. So give us a call, schedule a consultation. We'll get some of your facts and give you some legal advice, the things that we can't do here today. So continue to tune in. Coming up uh, in later in November as well, we have a virtual town hall. You're going to want to find out more information about that where you can log in and you can log on live and ask questions of our Cordell and Cordell panel of attorneys during that virtual town hall. It's free. All you have to do is register. Just go to CordellCordell.com virtual town hall. You'll get more information about that where we spend an hour together talking about important topics before, during, and after divorce. So until next time, have a great rest of your week.